If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now we find Captain America Steve Rogers stuck in the 1980s, where he has to deal with the comedy stylings of Cheers, the music of Styx, and the movie drama of Crawl. That's right, because your geek history lesson on Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, is now back in session. Watch out for Crawl, Captain! Welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I'm Jason Eagle Wings on the side of your head, Inman. Welcome to Geek History Lesson, where we are the mind university that teaches you about characters and pop culture and how they deal with the 80s and beyond. Uh, specifically because we're talking about the 80s this week, because we are in part two of our Captain America giant lesson. Captain America is such a massive character Ooh, that, he, that has, he has so much uh, history and hair on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> that it takes two podcast lessons to talk about him. So if you are curious, if you have not listened to Captain America Part 1, which was we, we did last week, you should go back there. You should listen to it. You should watch it. You should absorb it before you come back into this lesson because Professor Ashley is ready to tell you how Captain America Steve Rogers dealt with the crazy 80s, the fantastic 90s, <laughs> and the kind of mediocre 2000s. Yeah. All right. So let's jump right back into the lesson because there's no meat cute here. There's no any kind of, you know. Tencent origin. Tencent origin. We're, we're in the 80s, folks. And we ride hard and we ride rough. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Captain America time, Ashley. Go. All right. So as with last week, this episode was requested by Tumblr user as subtle as a splinter, James Steinberg and his awesome son, Tobias. So, just to catch you up from last week, mm-hmm. in the previous episode, Captain America was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in the 1940s as a hero of World War II. He was a scrawny Brooklyn kid injected with Super Soldier Serum who fought the Nazis, crashed a plane into the sea with his BFF slash sidekick Bucky, dug out of the ocean in 1963 by the Avengers and quickly became their leader. Nick Fury became his new BFF, Sharon Carter became his GF, and then she died. Yep. Girlfriend deaths are the best way to start the 80s. Heck, well, yes. Heck yes. So, uh, I have mixed feelings about that. Uh, I went a little dark on that. Sorry. Uh, So, let's jump right back into the History 101. We're going to talk about publication history first, as always. Mm -hmm. Uh, The 1980s, of course, is the beginning of the modern age of comics. Actually, most people consider that to be 1985 and onward, but we had a nice, clean story break, so we're starting right at 80. Roger Stern wrote Captain America throughout the 80s with the legendary artist John Byrne drawing. And in Captain America number 250, published in June of 1980, Cap seriously considered running for president. I I think I I name dropped that. In, in the previous, in the previous episode. Yes, I have did. that t-shirt. Do you because, really? Yeah, because there's a t-shirt that was at like Target or Walmart, one of the two, and oh, it says I've Captain America that. for President. I, I love it. You should have worn it to today's lesson. Oh, you know, I didn't even, uh, I don't even know where that shirt is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, this idea was originally pitched by Roger McKenzie and Don Perlin and was rejected by Roger Stewart, who was their editor at the time. But he thought about it, came back around on the idea, and wrote it himself. So the lesson to be learned here is never trust, trust Roger editors. Stern. <laughs> never trust Roger Stern. Um, Although I've talked to him before. He's a very nice however, guy. However, to his credit, at his insistence, both Mackenzie and Perlin were credited in the letters column with coming up with the story idea. Awesome. So he was he was he was kind of a bad man, and then he wound up being a pretty good. By the man. way, not the last time that Captain America would run for president. Uh, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about it later. Uh, Captain America number two forty seven introduces a glass blower slash lawyer named Bernie Rosenthal, who eventually becomes Steve's girlfriend, then his fiance, then she breaks up with him to study law at the University of Wisconsin. 
it doesn't have much to do with him as a character or his ongoing story arc. I just think it's great that she's a glassblower slash lawyer, so I wanted to include her in the lesson. Two things. <laughs> I think uh, I never knew the University of Wisconsin had such a great law school. And, <laughs> maybe it uh, did in the 80s. <laughs> and, and, maybe. Uh, and, and second, I really thought this was going to be a Bernie Sanders reference. I really <laughs> I really thought we were going to find out that Bernie Rosenthal was Bernie Sanders and Captain America set him on his way. I, I don't know. But let's keep doing Oh my God, we we can we only we may only wish. Um, mm-hmm. Writer J M Dematius takes over writing after Roger Stern. Great writer, uh, and he went on to reveal the true face of the Red Skull in Captain America number two ninety eight, two ninety nine, and three hundred. <gasps> and his face is hideous when unmasked because it's kind of a modern age thing that he's actually a skull. It's always he's, a mask before he, then. He, yeah, he 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 actually his face is actually a red skull. Yeah. But yeah. before then, it's about like taking off the mask. Yeah, and this is something that, if you remember from when we were going through the very first issue, Captain America Comics number one, this was something that was done in like the third story of that. So, so, so this, this is another trope that we've seen mm. repeated since the oh. 1940s. It also seems like a repeat of the Doctor Doom, because when you take off Doctor Doom's mask, he's hor- hor- horrendously scarred as well. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want to take it even further, Ooh, uh, that's a Phantom of the Opera trope, where he ta- you know, takes off the mask and he's got like tuna fish face. Nothing's original, kids. <laughs> There's like seven stories in the the whole world listen to your english teachers um and yeah so lacking a partner during this time cack brought jack monroe slash nomad that crazy captain america from the 1950s to work as his partner jack monroe at the time had taken over captain america's former identity nomad, nomad yes. yes um and it's really bad costume and yeah it's not um, it's bad yeah. this is another trope that you may have noticed about captain America's storytelling um is that before the resurrection of bucky as winter soldier which we'll get to cap is constantly trying to replace him with ill-suited successors who usually wind up emotionally traumatized for their trouble sure it's like if you try to become bucky or try to become cap like it's it's not gonna go well for you sam wilson i'm just saying um um, not so long after this, Secret Wars happens. Jason, can you real quick tell us what Secret Wars is? Do I have any restrictions? Do I have to do it in less than three sentences? Uh, I mean, that would be funny. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, this crazy, kooky cosmic entity called the Beyonder takes all the Marvel heroes and the Marvel villains, throws them on a rock, and says, you must fight. Uh, they fight for a long, long time. Doctor Doom the entire time is like, I'm going to do this. And then eventually all the heroes return home because we all learned that it was all an action figure grab. So following this storyline, which is basically one big Mortal Kombat fight, Cap is reunited with a character named Arnold Roth, Mm -hmm. uh, who is retconned to have been one of his childhood friends. He has never appeared anywhere in the comics before or The great-grandfather of Eli Roth? I'm going to say yes. Okay, cool. Except Arnold is actually revealed to be gay. It could still happen. Uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. You're, you're right. Maybe they adopted or, or whatever. Yep. Um, and this storyline fo- forces Steve to deal with homophobia for the first time. This is the first time in the character's publication history um, that he's dealt with a gay person. And he has very retroactive feelings about this. Um, but <laughs> retroactive uh, feelings? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying no to, pun I'm, intended. I'm trying to be polite about okay. this. Um but of course, this gives him a great chance to grow and open his mind because Captain America always winds up learning his lesson. Even though he's a character of the past and lost in time, he never stays in the past. He's a pretty progressive superhero. He's like America. And given the, yes, um, and given the fact that this was published in the 1980s, which was the beginning of the AIDS crisis and the big push mm-hmm. for uh, gay rights in America, I think this is a great instance of comics reflecting social issues of the time. Um, it's a pretty, all things considered, it's a pretty well handled story. Yeah. Um, you can find this issue really easily, and it, then it's never dealt with again. And Cap's like, gay people are fine, whatever, who cares? Who cares about them? Uh, and then with Captain America number 307, published in July of 1985, writer Mark Gruenwald took over, and he writes Captain America for 10 years. Yes. Ending with Captain America number 445, published in September of 1995. This is the most issues written by a single person in Captain America's publication history. Mark Grunewald. And that is freaking cool. Yeah, Mark Grunewald is also a Marvel uh, character's editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, has done a great run in the Squadron Supreme. And he, in my opinion, is probably the top dog of Captain America. He introduced so many concepts 
And by the way, uh, he he has passed away. Yes. Uh, he has been dead for a, a, quite a while now. Uh, great, great writer, great legacy. Uh, and he is someone who we've talked about on many Geek History lists. Mm-hmm. Almost every Marvel character, we wind up talking about him. Yep. Uh, perhaps his greatest legacy with Cap was the villains that he invented, because many of them have remained mainstays of his universe, including Crossbones, Servant Society, Diamondback, Super Patriot, and Demolition Man, D-Man, uh, who you may remember from a past episode. Crossbones, of course, is a big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a villain in, in Civil War. Yep. There you go. And uh, during this time, Captain America battled against anti-nationalist terrorist Flag Smasher. Flag Smasher. Flag Smasher is exactly what he sounds like and basically exists to kind of be the face of modern day terrorism. Because um, kind of from this point forward, you're going to see Cap kind of doing the Superman thing from the golden age where he started it with more social issues. Yep. He receives a large back paycheck from the U.S. government that was long overdue from his service of World War II, adjusted for inflation, so Cap briefly becomes really wealthy. Okay. Um, and by accepting this check, he is ordered to work directly under the purview of the U.S. government. Oh. So not only does he get a lot of money, which is like super cool, but yeah. of course, because it's the government, it's kind of a trick. Listen, buddy, we're going to give you this refund, but you got to work for us to get the refund. <laughs> um, and then, so he, he agrees to work for them. They send him out on a mission to New York where he encounters Nuke. Can you tell us really quickly who Nuke is? Nuke is uh, one of the failed super soldiers that were trying to recreate Captain America. He was actually created by uh, Frank Miller. There you go. Uh, and he takes he has a tattoo and he explodes. Oh, yeah. He has a tattoo across his face that is the American flag. And if you watch the Jessica Jones series, Will Simpson, uh, Nuke. That, he's Nuke. Yes. He without the face tattoo. Yes. Um, so Nuke goes kind of crazy in New York City. Steve doesn't really like that. He learns about how Nuke was created, and he learns that, and we mentioned this in the previous episode, there were several failed super soldier experiments both before and after his time. And his existence and his poor behavior is proof of this corruption within the government, yes. which, again, is a running theme in Captain America. So he is so hurt by the fact that Nuke exists because of him, and Nuke was so damaged because of him, that Steve resigns as Captain America and takes on the identity of the captain. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really, it's important. It's different. It's really just the captain. And uh, as happens, black I think costume. I, yes, yes. Uh, kind of a cool costume. Yes. Um, and I think I mentioned this last episode. Every single time Steve is up the mantle of Captain America, someone else steps up and does a terrible job. This one is a guy named John Walker. I'm convinced he's named after the whiskey. And he feels so much pressure to live up to Steve's. That is American. <laughs> to live up to Steve's legacy, and he is tortured relentlessly by hidden enemies that he's eventually driven insane. Yep. So unable to stand that this other man has been tortured and driven insane because of his selfish actions, Steve returns to being Captain America, and John Walker is eventually rehabilitated and goes on to become U.S. agent. I like U.S. agent. Uh, so do I. And he's kind of an ongoing ally of Captain America up into the modern age. Yep. Um, and I and also, he still has the cool black costume. He does. He, yep. he keeps the cool costume. Yep. Um, I also think it's interesting. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Interesting that every time he comes back and uh, he leaves Captain America, he's only gone for like a couple of weeks. Like he's, he's like, I just can't quit you mantle of Captain America. Uh, he's not very good at leaving. So, he likes the costume, I'm uh, except right now. So now we're going to get a very special story arc for Captain America, designed to teach kids to just say no to drugs. Just say no, kids, because uh, that was a really big thing from kind of the '80s up until mm-hmm. now. So, Captain America is throwing down with some thugs at a meth lab, like you do, mm-hmm. and he narrowly escapes an explosion because all meth labs explode. 
However, due to the exposure of the super soldier serum in his system to the methamphetamine, he has a bad reaction and has to have the serum removed from his body to avoid future harm. Because I guess they're both drugs and both of them wanna, interacting with each other. I just want to point out that if that is true, Captain America's greatest villain of all time is now Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh I would watch I would watch that fight. Captain uh, Blanco. Oh my god. And then they'll go out for like El Pollo Hermanos after. Mm-hmm. Um, Los Pollos Hermanos. Whatever. El Los, it's 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 all Captain. chicken. Captain <laughs> <laughs> Um a retcon is then introduced stating unequivocally that super soldier serum is not a drug. Even though from 1940 until the publication of this issue, they always called it this, a, a, a drug. It's a drug. that's what it is. Like med- It's a drug. It's a medicine. It's a drug. Um, that they were like, no, 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 kids. is not a drug. It's a good drug. And it is now a, quote from the issue, virus-like organism that affected a biochemical and genetic change. Not a drug. Not a drug. <laughs> Comments. Nancy Reagan. <laughs> why, why are you jumping in my comic books, Nancy Reagan? Come on. Some years later, Mark Wade takes over and he writes a story where Steve's body begins to break down to the point where he's forced to wear an exoskeleton, just like Batman, and remain in suspended animation for fear of dying. So he's in a metal suit, floating in water. So the super soldier serum is not working anymore. It is broken down from meeting up with the meth, and they had a uh, dance and it didn't go so well. All right. Uh, he's saved by receiving a blood transfusion from Red Skull, who, due to a previous storyline, is now inhabiting the clone body of Steve Rogers. It's really silly. Just go with it. And the super soldier serum is, of course, restored to Cap's body, and he goes back to being buff and Chris Evans-like again. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the most important things that Mark Wade goes on to do later in his run is resurrecting Sharon Carter. We talked about her before. Sharon mm-hmm. Carter's very important. We did get his lesson about her. We did. Uh, and then Rob Liefeld takes over Captain America when it is relaunched in the Heroes Reborn storyline, and Cap is part of Heroes Reborn for the next about 13 issues. Um, Jason really likes Heroes Reborn, so he'll jump in when we talk about that. But the storyline that leads into Heroes Reborn is Onslaught, so we're going to talk about Onslaught right now. So what happens in that I like is uh, great. <laughs> is the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and Doctor Doom all die battling Onslaught. Mm-hmm. And in this story, they are reborn with certain aspects of their characters and backstory that were didn't receive as much attention or focus before they're getting expanded now. And the idea is that these characters are being expanded upon for a new generation of readers, and they're being more extreme for the same generation of readers. Well, sort of, but yeah. Well, yeah. And the in-story explanation for all this is that Franklin Richard has transported all of these characters to a pocket universe in order to save them. Franklin Richards is, of course, son of uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Now, the real reason why Heroes Reborn happened was because at the time, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Captain America, and Thor, and Iron Man were not selling very well and so Marvel's idea was like we can get Jim Lee to take over Fantastic Four and Iron Man we can get Rob Liefeld to take over Avengers and Captain America and they'll sell and do you know what happened they sold they did and they sold like crazy and it was a perfect gateway into fans because uh, fans like me, that's where I got to love Captain America, the Avengers, Fantastic Four, Iron Man because you didn't have the 60 years of Continuity. It was almost like a new 52 mm-hmm. in the 90s uh, because the characters, when they relaunched in Heroes Reborn, it was like they had just appeared. And, uh, and Captain America gets a pretty significant change to his costume during Heroes Reborn as well, doesn't he? Yes, because Rob Liefeld doesn't like the A on top of Captain America's head. He gives him the shield emblem on his head, which a lot of people think was a bad idea. He also gives Captain America boobs. And uh, I'm not joking. Go look at <laughs> Google Captain America boobs picture. You'll find it. And then also he in issue like six or seven of Captain America, I think six, Cable shows up. Cable from X-Force shows up and fights with Captain America. And you're like, what? But the best thing that Rob Liefeld did was he gave us a girl Bucky. Um, it would have been issue six because his contract actually ended early. He mm-hmm. only did six issues he rather than fired. the full 13. Uh, and James Robinson took over writing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then Jim Lee took over like the editorial control of the other two books. He did. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Wade takes back over Captain America and relaunches it again. When 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 it comes back to Marvel. So yes. when, the, when the Heroes Reborn is over, 
after they, I think it's like Heroes Return is what they called yes. it. They, they kept Heroes in it a lot. But, uh, Heroes, epic. He, yes, Heroes Return, and, and they gave it right back to Mark Wade. So you're just like, well, why did we even do Heroes Reborn? No, I don't know. And uh, Cap loses his vibranium shield, uh, and he uses an energy-based shield as a replacement, and that is arguably the most iconic thing kind of about the end of that. Uh, of yeah, because Mark run. Wade's return run to Captain America doesn't stand up to his first run. Agreed. Yes. Definitely agreed. That's probably why it's not printed anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, toward the end of the 1990s, Dan Jurgens gets on yeah. Captain America. Jason talked about that mm-hmm. previously. And he introduces a character named Protoside, uh, also known as Clinton McIntyre, who is, again, one of these retconned failed super soldiers who was injected prior to Steve Rogers and didn't do quite as well. Mm-hmm. And during this time, the Barvanium shield is returned to Cap as well, and we never see the energy shield ever, ever again. Uh, actually, the, that's not true. Oh, really? It has showed up again in uh, a couple miniseries here and there. I actually like the energy it's, shield. It, uh, let me change it. It's never become a mainstay of Captain America. Uh, of, of the person who was Captain yes. America. But Steve Rogers has used it from time to time. And also, it also showed up on the uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the vibranium shield is damaged when the Beyonder fights him. Uh, and it, it shatters during a battle. And it begins secreting a, quote, vibranium cancer, unquote, that is set to infect and destroy all the vibranium left in the world, which is mostly in Wakanda. And vibranium, of course, if anybody doesn't know, is one of these weird Marvel Universe elements like adamantium that's sort of like the stronger than steel. And maybe it's magic and maybe it's alien. We can never quite decide. But Wakanda has a lot of it. Yeah. uh, It's kind of the coolest thing about Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, Steve is also forced to destroy. uh, Sorry, it's almost forced to destroy the remnants of the shield, but he is battling the villain Claw, who you may remember Andy Serkis playing, and Claw unwittingly repairs the shield and negates its carcinogens all in one fell swoop. So, dealing with Claw is a difficult circumstance in anyone's life at the best of time, mm-hmm. and one that Jason and I would like to avoid, and you can help us dodge Claw by heading over to patreon.com slash jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, and donating for our protection. $3 a month gets you Geek History Lesson an entire day early, and $5 a month gets you a complete second podcast Geek History Lesson Extra, where today we are talking about characters locked in time. Thank you so much to everyone who donates. It helps us so much. It helps us do awesome things like this video. Mm-hmm. Hello, video. Yes, Geek History Lesson is now a video, so there you go. Uh, because of Patreon. Yeah. So let's go back to talking about Vibranium. Woo. Uh, except not at all. We've been pointing out storylines along the way and tropes that you see a lot in Captain America. And here's another one. Uh, and it's uh, likely due to the nature of his creation. Cap constantly reflects and deals with social issues. We talked about that a little bit earlier. So when the September 11th terrorist attack happened in the real world, Captain America unmasked before everybody came out of Steve Rogers and um, moved to the Red Hook neighborhood of Brooklyn, where he made his stand to be united with New York City. He also got a Marvel Knights miniseries during that time, yes, drawn did. by John Cassati, uh, where he literally fought terrorists. That's why we don't talk about it. Yeah, you, it's best to just move on. Uh, but it's cool. He lived in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's cool. The art's great. Yeah. <laughs> and he was born in Brooklyn, so it's a nice return yep. to his mm-hmm. roots. In 2004, a storyline began called Avengers Disassembled. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Where Jack of Hearts attacked Avengers Mansion and killed Scott Lang. She-Hulk tears the vision in half with her bare hands. The Kree attack. Hawkeye dies, sacrificing himself for his friends. We learn that Scarlet Witch was behind it all along. And the Avengers break apart, as the mm-hmm. event name suggests. Yes. Uh, the Tencent origin of Avengers Disassembled. Sure. Uh, after these events, Cap goes to work for S.H.I.E.L.D., And this is when he learns that Bucky is alive and working under the moniker of the Winter Soldier and rekindles his on-again, off-again romance with Sharon Carter again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cap and Tony then go on to reform the new Avengers because Cap's got to always lead the Avengers, really, following a massive breakout of supervillains from the raft, the giant floating Marvel Universe prison. Yes. Uh, The team is made up of Captain America, Iron Man, Luke Cage, Spider-Woman, who is Varanky the Scroll at this time, Mm -hmm. uh, and Spider-Man. And Wolverine. Wolverine. And eventually the Sentry. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is the starting this, lineup this is that the, I was... This uh, is like the Justice League of America of the Avengers. And that was the first time that they decided to put, like, let's put our most popular characters on there. Yeah. Uh, and then this 
also came out at a time when the Marvel Cinematic Universe was becoming very popular and started the Avengers rise to fame. Well, not quite. This is still like almost 10 years before that. Oh, it was 2004. Yes. So we're prepping for that. In 2006, <laughs> there is the ever popular Civil War event with, uh, written by Mark Miller with art by Steve McNiven. Uh, uh, Steve leads the anti-registration team and their movement that is largely considered to be underground, if you don't mm-hmm. know. Um, what is Civil War? Because uh, we, 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 we explain this to a listener that may not know that there's a giant movie out there about this and then also a storyline. Okay, so the storyline is slightly different from the giant movie. Let's so, just talk about storyline. Uh, there is a city in Connecticut yep. uh, that gets damaged due to a superhero event. So the government's like, you should register with us and you, sh- you know, we should be on record. We should police you. And Cap- uh, Tony Stark is like, yes. And Captain America is like, no. And they lead different teams with different characters and they fight, fight, fight. Mm-hmm. Um, both sides go. inevitably clash and Steve voluntarily surrenders himself to the pro-registration side due to the increased danger to the public. This started over public and civilians dying. He doesn't want it to end that way. Mm-hmm. And he's a hero, so he's always gonna he's always gonna sacrifice himself in the end. He is indicted on criminal charges for his actions as leader of the anti registration movement during Civil War. In Captain America Volume Five, number twenty five, that came out in April of two thousand and seven, he is shot dead outside of a federal courthouse. Very famous cover with a red glove with handcuffs yes. is, is is like bleeding on top of a newspaper. Yeah. And it turns out that the Red Skull is behind Cap's death, with Crossbone as the sniper who kills him, um, and Dr. Faustus mind-controlling Sharon Carter into also shooting Captain America at close range. That sounds familiar. Uh, remember that from the end of mm-hmm. last lesson? Mm-hmm. Dr. Faustus, Sharon Carter, mind-control? Yeah. She's probably got some really negative feelings about him. Stephen Grant Rogers is reportedly laid to rest at the Arlington National Cemetery, which is a real place. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Virginia, uh, DC. Virginia. Virginia. Yep. Although, um, Tony's uh, close enough. D- Tony Stark and his fellow Avengers actually take Steve's body to the Arctic and they lay him to rest where they first discovered him. And Namor the Submariner swore to guard his body for the rest of his life. Yep. Which is a really, I think it's a really nice callback to Avengers number one. And it's mm-hmm. one of Namor's more heroic moments because sure. I don't think of him as a particularly heroic character. Mm. Um, and as we discussed in our Bucky Barnes episode, at Steam's posthumous request, because he, he writes a letter, because he's old-fashioned like that, Bucky yep. takes Doesn't up... believe in computers. No. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Bucky takes up the mantle as Captain America and is arguably the most successful at it. Uh, I mean, okay. comparatively, compared to the other guys who went crazy. Oh, comparatively to... I, I thought you meant better than Steve. No, 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 no. Of like, the replacement like, Captain know. America's, he's probably the best replacement yeah, Cap. It's probably it's probably debatable who's better, uh, Bucky or a, a future Captain America. Who we'll get to, yeah. yes. Um, during this time while he's dead, Thor encounters the spirit of Steve Rogers, and Steve basically just kind of opines and wonders about what he would be doing if he was that, still alive. That is during the J. Michael Straczynski Thor run, when uh, Asgard was over Oklahoma. Yes, and it's, which will become important. And it's weird because I believe of what you're going to talk about next of how are we watching the spirit of Steve Rogers? Uh, you can talk about that, I guess. Well, uh, I go ahead and then talk about the next thing. And okay. then we'll, we'll talk about how did Thor see a ghost of Steve Rogers? Yeah, so it's going to get really weird, okay? So Captain America Reborn, number one, which kind of gives it all away. August of 2009, mm-hmm. he's been dead for two years, less than two years, yep. uh, is written by Ed Brubaker um, and drawn by Brian Hitch, inked by Butch Guichi. Uh, Geis, I think. I think it's Geis. I can't spell things, guys. I've never met him. I think it's Geis. Uh, reveals that Steve did not, in fact, die because this is comics, but and the lesson is still going. But the gun that Sharon Carter shot him with forced Steve to phase out of time and space, appearing at various events and periods throughout his life. 
probably how he wound up talking to Thor. I don't know. That's a stretch. I don't think J. Michael Straczynski, I don't think anybody knew how they were going to bring back Captain America. I don't think so either, but I think if you're trying to fix it in your brain, you can just go with that. And also we have to point out that at the same time in comic books, at a different company, Batman was also thought dead. And shot, but not shot. But then revealed to be like bouncing through time. and, And then his main protege took over as well. So it's very interesting that both these two characters both lost through time, both thought dead, and both of the sidekicks replace them. Yes. So he sends a time-delayed command to the Vision set during the Kree Skull War. Scroll War. Yep. Kree Scroll War. Yep. And um, gets the Kree to return him to the 616 present timeline. And then the scroll, a scroll takes over Steve's mind when they get there. But Steve eventually regains control of his body and defeats the scroll because comics. Comics! And then he's A-OK <laughs> yeah. Captain America! <laughs> and then in Captain America, who will wield the shield? Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay. I love it. No. Uh, Steve learns that Bucky has taken off his mantle and he gives Bucky his vibranium shield. It's a, a really nice mm-hmm. moment and grants Bucky his blessing to his bestest best friend and asks him to continue being Captain America. He's mm-hmm. like, you're doing a good job, man. Keep doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yep. The president of the United States, who is not based on the real president at the time, grants Steve Rogers a full pardon for his anti-registration action. And this is where Steve Rogers sort of does some like just off the book stuff. And this is where uh, there's a miniseries called Steve Rogers Super Soldier. Yes. And that's where he gets the Winter Soldier costume, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steve uh, basically... this might happen a little bit. I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I during the storyline he's punching a bunch of people and he's like, "I'm not used to my shield," and he hits his armband and energy shield. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now we're entering in the time of a lot of Marvel events, mm-hmm. so just hang on to your butts for those. Dark Rain happens. Dark Rain deals with the events right after Secret Invasion and Norman Osborn's rise to power and. Then Siege happens, where Norman Osborn leads Hammer and an evil team of Avengers, and they attack Asgard, which is floating over rocks in Oklahoma. But Steve Rogers leads a team of Avengers and stops Norman Osborn, and now we're into the next event. Uh, And then there's something called the Heroic Age, which is a Marvel line-wide weird thing. Uh, The American president... Again, not Mason Royal president, and I think a different president at this point, because mm-hmm. it's never the same president, uh, gives Steve the title of America's top cop. Yes. And puts him in charge of national security. He fights the grandson of Dr. Erskine, the guy who made him Captain America oh, in the first that's, place. That's where the, mini- the miniseries happens, right there. I'm oh, sorry. I, okay. I jumped the gun a little bit. Um, and he becomes the leader of the Secret Avengers, which uh, there have been a couple Secret Avengers, but it's basically the Black Ops superhero team. And he, and he sort of loosely overtakes, takes over S.H.I.E.L.D., which sort of comes back now yes and and a lot of people start calling him during this time period commander rogers yeah it's not quite clear what rank he has i don't think he has rank because he was only ever a private but he's the boss of everybody he is he is um and this all kind of takes place in the space of like a couple years Mm. so he 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 comes back to life and it's just like he's got stuff to do and he's trucking yep so we're uh big marvel events and the next one is fear itself um, there's a lot of celestial Thor hammers. They fall to Earth. Just call it Blackest Night for Thor. Yeah. Um, Bucky apparently dies in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Apparently, because, you know. He's not dead. And uh, Steve takes the Captain America mantle back from him mm-hmm. officially by putting his old costume that's all sweaty back on. And then he, along with the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D., fight the serpent who breaks the vibranium shield in half with his bare hands. This is like the third time the shield is broken. Not very unbreakable. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for vibranium. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he got some low rent vibranium. Maybe FDR. It's were, got like a bunch of tin in it. We could only we could only afford forty percent vibranium. The rest is <laughs> the rest is nickel. It's only two carat vibranium. <laughs> uh, and Steve, of course, because he's worthy, wields one of the celestial hammers and revenges him himself against Scotty or Skatey uh, for Bucky's death. Uh, Scotty, by the way, is is the Red Skull's daughter. Yes. Uh, at the end of Fear itself, it is revealed that Cap, Nick Fury, and Black Widow all actually knew that Bucky wasn't dead, and Bucky re- returns to being Winter Soldier, because it's a cooler costume anyway. Yes, and also because at the time, there was a Marvel movie coming out called The Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, and we needed Steve Rogers to be Captain America, and we needed Bucky to be the Winter Soldier. Yeah, so then Avengers vs. X-Men happens. Um, which is a whole shit make it. Which is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very polarizing thing, because some people really like that event. Mm-hmm. So Steve is trying to take down Hope Summers, because Hope Summers is the one that the Phoenix 
Force is trying to possess. Yep. Because he believes that the Phoenix Force is too powerful for one entity to hold. He's right. Mm-hmm. The X-Men believe that the Phoenix Force will save their race, so they declare war against Captain America and by association the Avengers, and there's the title of your event. This is the inciting incident for the entire event. The Phoenix Force breaks into well, five pieces and infects five different l- people. Let's talk about the inciting event real quick. Uh, for anybody that hasn't read the storyline, uh, and have you read the storyline, Ashley? I have read parts of it. Okay. It's a truck. In issue one, uh, they find the Phoenix Force is coming to Earth. Mm-hmm. And Captain America's like, we gotta stop this. And they're like, we're pretty certain it's going to this girl, Hope Summers. Yeah. Why? Because she's a Summers and Summers get Phoenixes. Well, Summer, Summers Summers, and uh, Greys yeah. are always... Comic books. <laughs> okay, so uh, so Captain America goes to the X-Men's island. They're living on Utopia at the time. Yeah. And Steve Rogers is like, give me Hope Summers. And Scott Summers is like, no. Ooh. And Steve's like, look, Give me Hope Summers and Steve's and Scott is like no, no. and and then, well he's more like no yeah but then but then Cap's like look son if you don't give me Hope Summers I'm gonna take her yeah I'm gonna invade yeah. your island and what does Cyclops respond with he blasts one with his octic beam they're both giant jerks at in that first issue. well let's just flat out say it they're they're giant dicks in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense for either character. Because they've been friends in the previous mm-hmm. years. I, I, I don't know. Anyways. So, uh, so so the Phoenix Force shows up. It breaks up into five pieces, mm-hmm. infects five people. There's a bunch of battles between the X-Men and the Avengers. Professor X is killed by Cyclops. Yes, so, that's the ending. Uh, that's the end. Mm-hmm. So following the death of Professor Xavier, Captain America founds the Avengers Unity Squad, which is a new team comprised of both X-Men and Avengers in a move to unite the heroes again. Yep. Uh, the initial team, which eventually grows, is Captain America, Thor, Havoc, Rogue, Scarlet Witch, and Wolverine. And Steve is very particular to make Havoc, Alex Summers, Scott's brother, the person in charge to show that he has faith in mm-hmm. him. And this is an uncanny Avengers, which I actually think is a good run. Uh, yes, the Rick Remender story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve does come to admit that the Avengers should have done more to help the mutants battle the Phoenix Force rather than coming up as their enemy. Yeah. The Red Skull with Professor X's brain in his head slash powers um, then attempts to possess Captain America but cannot fully control him and it's mm-hmm. it's really weird. During a battle with a villain called Iron Nail, the Super Soldier Serum is neutralized yep. and then Steve rapidly ages again. He becomes and, an old man. And then there's a weird time travel story yep. that we're not going to talk about. Well, the 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 are you talking about the uh, the Dimension Z? Yes, that's slightly before this. It is. Yes. Um. But so basically, he's old. Yes, he's now an old man. And this forces him to step down from his role as Captain America because he's old. And he names Sam Wilson, aka Falcon, the new Captain America. Yes. Uh, he's not actually the first uh, African American Cap. Interestingly, and enough. Captain America gets the uh, no, uh, Sam Wilson Captain America. He gets a. I think I like his Falcon Captain America. Costume. I do too. The yeah. uh, the white and blue, uh, white and white and red with red goggles. Yeah. Really cool goggles. Mm-hmm. Um, Axis happens. Axis is the thing where evil Red Skull switches all the good guys bad and all the bad guys good. Yep. Um, and Steve is unaffected. Pretty much. Because uh, he's amazing. And mm-hmm. he leads the astonishing Avengers along with Spider-Man and other inverted villains. So they're all good guys at the mm-hmm. time. Until everyone's brainwaves can be set right again and they defeat the Red Skull. Who's the White Skull? Because he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secret Wars happens. The second Secret Wars. The fourth Secret Wars, technically. Because there's Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2, Secret oh, War, yes. and then Secret yes. Wars. Which is basically the Marvel multiverse is all collapsing. Yes. Um, and so Steve is basically having a confrontation with Tony Stark. They're yelling at each other. Their two Earths collide and crush them to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then post-Secret Wars, everyone's brought back to life. Well, the whole multiverse is brought back. Because comics. Yep. Um, and Steve is the civilian director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's still an old man. He is. And the leader of the Avengers Unity Division. And the original team is made up of him, Cable, Deadpool, Dr. Voodoo, Human Torch, Quicksilver, Rogue, and Synapse. There's been a couple new members since then. But and, that is very recent. And, and and just recently, very, very recently, Steve just got his Captain America powers back yeah. in an issue of Sam Wilson, Captain America. Now, how exactly that happened? I don't know because Comics. I haven't read the issue. But I do know that's because there's a certain movie that's out there right now called Captain America Civil War. And there's one thing that Marvel loves to do, and that's make their, their comic book universes uh, uh, match the movies, and so Steve Rogers can't be an old man. He's got to be Captain America. Heck yeah. Yep. Um, and that's about as modern as we can get on yep. this without spoiling issues that came out like not too long ago. So this is where we are ending 
our Captain America lesson. That is the end of your mission briefing on Captain America. Well done. Well done. Well done. It was long, man. Woo! I feel like I just uh, ran through the the entire American history. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. Let's move on, shall we? Mm Mm-hmm. To recommended reading. Yes, well, we're going to give you some recommendations if you want to read more Captain America. And don't forget, you can go to geekhistorylesson.com slash recommended reading to find all these titles that we recommend. Click on them and help support the show. That's right. So the first thing that I'm going to recommend is Captain America Omnibus Volume 1, specifically collecting the Ed Brubaker run. Okay. Uh, Because for my money, Ed Brubaker writes the most exciting, the most uh, dynamic, and sometimes the most confusing Captain America. Mm -hmm. He also has written the greatest Winter Soldier stuff. So if you like either of those characters, um, he's a really, really great writer to check out. You can get a beautiful omnibus with his entire run in it. So there's actually two. So here's Volume 1. Uh, I'm also going to recommend Civil War because the movie's coming out and because it's a great story. You also get um, arguably Cap's greatest sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely recommend checking out Civil War. You can get it in one nice trade. Uh, It is seven issues long. If you like the secondary stuff, you can go and find those respective volumes. The Captain America Jack Kirby Omnibus. I mentioned that in the last episode. It collects his whole 1976 series. Um, it is, again, if you've ever seen any retro Captain America art, this is what you've seen. It's really Kirby crazy. It's beautiful. And it is solid Silver Age storytelling. Silly, but fun at the same time. Um, I'm also going to recommend Captain America Man Out of Time by Mark Wade because Jason really likes that story. It, it basically retells his origin, but like moving up the origin to like the 2000s. So so Cap meets Rick Jones and like Rick Jones has to deal with like Twitter and blogs. And I think it's like the best version of his origin. It, it's, it's Captain America dealing with showing up in the Avengers time, but it's not the Avengers time of the 1960s. It's the Avengers time of the 2000s. It's a great run. Um, also, at the beginning of our last episode, I mentioned Joe Simon's autobiography, My Life in Comics. You can find that. Um, I think it's really worth reading if you're interested in Captain America or if you're just interested in comics in general, because Joe Simon really shaped a lot of the iconic characters that we think of now. And it's a really interesting read. And then, of course, if you're not a reader, if you're more of a watcher, uh, Captain America First Avenger is a really amazing on-screen adaptation of his origin story. Sure. And you get to see the Howling Commandos and they're so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is all my recommended reading and viewing. Yay, awesome. And now we're going to move into the next section of this podcast called The Discussion where we're going to talk about things. So we have talked a lot about Captain America in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. He's been in leadership positions in his team with Bucky, in his uh, various squadrons and battalions in the military, in every incarnation of the Avengers almost. Do you think that Captain America is the best leader in the Marvel Comics universe. I don't know about that. I think that he is the best leader in the Avengers. Yeah, uh, by far. I think he's the best leader of the Avengers. That is the role that he was he was born for. Uh, that he that is his fate to, to lead the Avengers. Even though he wasn't in Avengers number one, I think that's very interesting. Uh, yes, because if you read those beginning issues, and Earth's Mightiest Heroes, a great cartoon series, even deals with this, that the team is kind of a mess until Captain America shows up, mm-hmm. and he gives them uh, a, a unification that they didn't have before. Then, uh, man, I don't know. Um, how, I, how about I can can I give you some either ors? Sure, yeah, yeah, because I don't know who I would compare him against. Yeah. Okay, so Scott Summers or Steve Rogers? Oh, Steve. Rogers. Rogers 100 miles away. Yeah, you think, yes. he's, you think he's better than Scott? Yes, yes. Uh, okay, Scott Summers or Peter Parker, or, or, or Steve Rogers or Peter Parker? No question. Scott, uh, wait, 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 wait. Do we go Scott Summers and Peter Parker? No, no, no Steve Rogers. I, like, I, made, I made a What's happening here? Well, I'm just trying to think of characters who've like led Peter teams. Parker has never been a leader and never ne- is not a good leader, terrible leader. Steve Rogers all the way. Okay, Steve Rogers or uh, Magneto. Eric Lyncher. Uh Well, Steve Rogers never threatens his team members with death, so <laughs> I'm going to go with Steve Rogers. The only person that I could think of that could beat him would be maybe Nick Fury, but I have a feeling that people don't trust Nick Fury, even white Nick Fury. Uh, but you think people trust Cap. But people trust Cap. I think, uh, you know what? Fine. He's the best leader in the Marvel Universe. Sure. Double down. We're there. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm fine with you saying no. I just like, you know, who do you think would be better? I, I don't have an idea. So sure, he's the best leader now. Cool. We're, we're there. <laughs> that was easy. Um, so Captain America is this character who is a man out of time. Mm-hmm. And I would say that we talked in, uh, in last week's History Lesson Extra, we brought up Superman a couple times. Um, do you think that he runs into the same problem as Superman in that people tend to think that 
in my from my perspective that both of these characters are boring because they are viewed as boy scouts do you think because he's inherently good and because he's an inherently good leader does that make him tougher to write or to accept as someone consuming the media uh no and i and i, and I think anybody that makes that argument is a bad writer uh, because i think any writer can write anything and uh, you just may have a harder handle on it, but you can figure it out. Because I've always, I've always been against the idea that people say like, "Oh, Superman's difficult and he's boring because he can do everything." Well, that's just because you can't think of a good idea. So shut up and let somebody else do it. Because bring in Dan Jurgens and he'll kill it on both Captain America and Superman, which he did. Um, Captain America is interesting because I kind of felt that Captain America didn't come, become interesting for me until we saw him in the Ultimates. As, oh yeah! As a real soldier, and and then the mainstream Marvel universe copied the Ultimate Universe, and Captain America became a soldier. Because that's the thing about that. Like when I read Captain America in the '90s, I never really cared for him because like he never killed anybody. And I'm not saying like a superhero has to kill somebody or Captain America has to kill. Yeah, somebody. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that he is a soldier. He was trained to kill. He was trained to do whatever it takes to win the day. He is military. And I kind of feel that before the 2000s, people were just thought of him as a superhero. And the Ultimates really thought about him as a soldier. And I, and I think that, that when, you, when you view, and this is something the movies I think have done very well. Because I think you never forget that the Captain America in the movies is a soldier. Yeah. Um, Captain America is a soldier. That is who he is. And I think that he won't kill right out of the bat like any soldier. But if it comes to it, I think he would shoot somebody. But you think he would maybe shoot somebody in the leg first and hope that that would stop them? Well, I think he would try to talk him down. Mm -hmm. He would try to punch him in the face. But if if it came to the end end all be all and the only way to win the day is to launch a missile into the middle of New York City, he's going to launch a missile in the middle of New York City because he's going to complete the mission. I, I think that's Captain America. And I think that when you treat him that way and not as the the superhero, yeah, yeah, yeah. then he's interesting. Because that explains why he cares about Bucky so much. Because mm-hmm. Bucky A lot of people view Bucky as his weak spot. Well, because what is a main tenet of US military? No no don't leave anyone behind. Don't leave leave no man behind. And Bucky is one of his men, and he's not going to leave him behind. And that oh, I've never thought about it like that. As soon, as soon as you think, <laughs> as soon as you think about that, it explains the entire Winter Soldier, even the Civil War movie of of Cap being like, "I'm screw you, Tony. I want Bucky because yeah. Tony." May have been his his friend, mm. but Bucky was his fellow soldier. Yeah, well, Bucky saved his life several yes. times. Well, so did Tony, technically. But wow. but but uh, Tony uh, uh, Tony is not a service member. Yeah, Bucky, and that's also why Cap treats Sam with respect mm-hmm. because Sam is a former service member. Mm-hmm. Tony has never been a service member, so that's why I think like no matter at the end of the day, there's going to be something that Tony's going to say, and Cap's going to be like, I don't believe you, but Sam could say it, and Tony and and, and Steve would be like, you got it, I'm with you. You just kind of blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, leave no man behind. That and to me, that's how you meet Captain America. Interesting. He's a soldier first, a superhero second. Well, fantastic. I don't know if we can discuss anything else. You just laid it out for us. (laughs) All right. So let's move into the final section of the podcast called the teaching tweet where our professor Ashley, who just taught us a lesson, will sum up her entire lesson in 140 characters or less. I have to revise this now. Having listened to you uh, speak on Captain America. Captain America, colon, the square bracket, not so, closing square bracket, real superhero Boy Scout. Hashtag Team Cap. And then the little cap emoji comes up. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got, man. <laughs> I thought you'd be like, the super soldier serum is not a drug. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hashtag Nancy Reagan. What? All right, cool. Uh, uh, so that, I think that ends our two-part epic lesson on Captain America. Thank you so much, Professor Ashley, for, for digging through the classified files and telling us the history. Um, you know, real quick, I, I want to talk about something that I'm surprised you didn't bring up, but I kind of understand why you didn't because it's a little confusing and it has been retconned. The simple fact that you kept talking about the failed super soldiers Mm -hmm. and that there was the revelation by Grant Morrison that 
Weapon X yeah. was part of that? It's, um, it's been retconned and brought back in and retconned. Look, that... Um, I tried really hard to focus because Steve is a big Avengers character. It's yeah. a focus only on Steve, um, and that can get really out of hand. And also, it's my lesson, and I hate that. Um, <laughs> oh, you you don't accept that? I don't. Okay. I don't. Do you um, accept the the fact of uh, the first Captain America being the African American guy? I do uh, because I love Eli. Yes, and because the truth was the story. Eli is the grandson of this. Uh, go go Young Avengers. Google, Google the miniseries Truth. It's about the the first time they tested the super soldier serum, mm-hmm. and the idea is that they tested it on African. Americans. Yeah, uh, it's a great story. But again, that's a story that I thought would it would be slightly convoluted to try to include in this. Yes. If we were doing a Young Avengers lesson, which you can go and uh, request, I would I would talk about that a little bit more. All right, cool. Well, that's all you need because if you want to learn more stuff about all of the characters, you can go find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. That's right. And please leave us a review or a comment below and let other listeners know about this podcast. We need you to do your patriotic duty. Leave no podcast behind and tell all the <laughs> <laughs> about geek history lesson. Ashley, if they want to request a future lesson, possibly on Wolverine or the Weapon Plus program, where can they do that on social media? Uh, they can do that on geekhistorylesson.com. All of our communiques are open there. You can do it at facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson. All the communiques are also open there. Yes. And don't forget, you can complain to us on Twitter about this lesson, at Jawan for me on Twitter. And Ashley, where can they find you? Uh, you can not complain, but you can send pictures of the Winter Soldier to me on Twitter at Ashley V. Robinson. And don't forget, more Geek History Lesson over at patreon.com slash Jawin and you can now watch this video of Geek History Lesson on youtube.com slash Jawin every week uh, to close out this lesson Professor Ashley close out this Geek History Lesson I'm Jason leave no superhero behind Inman I am Ashley Victoria Camp Lehigh Robinson and General Robinson please close out this classified briefing of a Geek History Lesson well class I think it's been time through time frozen in time We are now dismissed. Sir, yes, sir. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.